Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. John Jeffries was a teenage volunteer with high-profile Warren Report critic Mark Lane's Citizens Committee of Inquiry in the mid-1970s. His novel, The Unreals, was published in 2007 and became a cult classic. His works of nonfiction include Hidden History, an expose of modern crimes, conspiracies, and cover-ups in American politics, Survival of the Richest, How the Corruption of the Marketplace and the Disparity of Wealth Created the Greatest Conspiracy of All, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, Bullyocracy, How the Social Hierarchy Enables Bullying in Schools, Workplaces, and Society at Large, on Borrowed Fame, Money Mysteries and Corruption in the Entertainment World, Masking the Truth, How COVID-19 Destroyed Civil Liberties and Shut Down the World, and From Strawberry Fields to Abbey Road, a Billy Shears story. Don writes regularly for the American Free Press and on Substack. The Donald Jeffrey Show airs every Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Ocelli.com, and I protest live streams on Fridays from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern at Rockfin. Dot com. William Matson Law has written for the research periodicals, the Kennedy Assassination Chronicles and the Daily Plaza Echo and is a producer of the forthcoming film The Gathering and currently serves as a consultant to the film uh, director Brian McKenna for his upcoming documentary Killing Kennedy. He's the author of In the Eye of History, Disclosures in the JFK Assassination Medical Evidence. Law has co-authored the books Betrayal, a JFK Honor Guard Speaks with Hugh Clark and At the Cold Shoulder of History, the chilling story of a 21-year-old Navy hospital corpsman who stood at the shoulder of JFK 
during the Bethesda autopsy with James Jenkins. William Matson Law and Don Jeffries are co-authors of Pipe the Bimbo in Red, Dean Andrews, Jim Garrison, and the Conspiracy to Kill JFK. Don Jeffries, William Matson Law, welcome to Coast to Coast. How are you? Good. Good to be with you. Great to have you. Anyone can uh, take any of these questions and just jump right in. But uh, let me, let's start with the title: "Pipe the Bimbo in Red." Can you either of you explain that? That's William. That's William's title. Good. Explain it, William. <laughs> Pipe the Bimbo in Red comes from the famous lunch scene between uh, Dean Andrews and Jim Garrison. Uh, in the movie JFK, where the scene opens and they're in the restaurant, and Andrew says, pipe the bimbo in red. And uh, Garrison says, yeah, she's cute, Dino, but not half as cute as you are. And then uh, <laughs> it goes into a discussion about uh, his Warren Commission testimony. And it's a classic scene, and it's my favorite in the movie. So considering that this book was basically about Dean Andrews and uh, Jim Garrison, I thought it was appropriate. And so Dean Andrews, uh, as I mentioned in the uh, the opening of the of the show, uh, kind of used this antiquated kind of bebop jive talk. Was is that an accurate portrayal? Was was that the way was Dean Andrews that sort of colorful, flamboyant? Yes. When uh, I talked to his son, Dean Andrews, the third, I asked him about that particular thing. And he, he said he thought John Candy uh, was pretty good, and he said he got the, uh, he got the lingo down, down right, like the right ta-ta but the wrong ho-ho. He said he did really good with the language. And he said his father did use that kind of language when he was hanging out with those sort of people, but when he was hanging out with other types of professionals and things like that, he you know, knew the proper language to use. But that was definitely part of his character. Uh, in the opening, again, I gave just kind of a quick summary of what Dean Andrews told the FBI, what he told the Warren Commission. Uh, I don't know, Don, if you want to take this one, just kind of back up and let's walk us through this again, just so that we understand the significance of Dean Andrews' uh, testimony uh, to the FBI, the Warren Commission, and later during the Garrison trial. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, the, the inspiration for the book came from my friendship with Dean Andrews III, who's Dean Andrews Jr., the Beatnik Order's son. And he was actually my brother's best friend. So I came to know him through that. Dean was over our house. Uh, we've probably known him for over 20 years. He was here for many family gatherings, and uh, I got to meet his wife. His mom is still alive. She, I was the first researcher she talked to ever because she, you know, their life was... Uh, disrupted and uh, so she you know kind of resented that and just thought her husband was crazy but uh, you know Dean Andrews Jr. was the impetus really for after Russell Long uh, in the scene from JFK where Walter Matthau plays Russell Long and talks about Maggie's drawers and gets Garrison interested in the assassination again by telling him the Warren Commission is a load of crap and uh, he uh, one of the first things that really caught his interest when he, he got the 26 volumes of hearing and exhibits like a lot of us did and started reading the testimony, he knew Dean Andrews. Dean Andrews and him were friends. And he saw his testimony, he just, you know, he hadn't been keeping up with it. So when he saw this, and he, I don't think he knew about the call or anything like that, and he heard Dino's, Dean talking about, uh, you know, he was, uh, this, this mysterious phone call from a Clay Bertrand, so that intrigued him. And then 
you can see in the movie when he's eating at lunch, eating lunch with him, uh, where the title comes from, that's where he was first trying to dig around and figure, because he knew Andrews was a key here, and also he was friends with him. So we, you know, trying to figure out why he got that call, I don't know. I personally, I don't know about William, but I personally believe, you know, we call it the ground-level plot in New Orleans, but I think Andrews was being manipulated for whatever reason. I think he was chosen to be uh, Oswald's lawyer during the summer of 63. He interacted with Oswald, and he interacted with all those Cubans that were everywhere in that ground-level plot. And I think the Cubans are a distraction, to be honest with you. I don't think Cuba had anything to do with the assassination. But they were all around those characters. And so you had David Fair, you had um, you had Sergio Arracha Smith, a lot of these Cubans. You had Jack Martin, you had Guy Bannister, all these people that we talk about in the book. Uh, and I think Oswald was obviously being groomed to be the patsy, and I, I think like Garrison did, that he was told he was an, some kind of an undercover agent, FBI or CIA, and he was told to infiltrate a plot that uh, people were planning to assassinate the president. I personally think they probably all were being, you know, manipulated against each other. They might have all been told the same thing. But that's how he got checked into there, and I think because Dean Andrews was chosen, whatever, to be the lawyer for this stuff, I think they picked him to make that call. I can only speculate about why they made the call, because presumably they were already planning to kill Oswald, so he wouldn't have needed an attorney, but uh, and I think it, uh, Dean Andrews is puzzled about it for the rest of his life. And as we go into the book, especially through his son, he was—he really did pretty much go crazy. He became super paranoid in real life, private life. He it wasn't like he told NBC, and he—you know—he lied and was charged with perjury and everything because he wanted. He said he wanted to save his own neck. I like to breathe, is what he said because he saw all the other people that were that were being killed dying mysteriously. So. Uh, he lied to save himself and his family, but in, in private, he believed there was a huge conspiracy, and he thought they were going to get him, and we go into that a little bit in the book. Okay, so when you say he lied to save himself, uh, are you referring to um, the FBI claiming that he later recanted and said that that he made this whole story up about getting a call from Clay Bertrand? Right. Well, I think what they tried to do, they, they basically planted that idea and just told him, hey, look, you know, you're on drugs, you know, you could have imagined this. And so you, and you can see, you know, we talk in there, we have the progression of like how the way his story's changed and people can judge for themselves, but you can see the, the process ongoing where they're telling him, well, you know, you, maybe you imagine this, you're on a lot of drugs, you know, you weren't feeling well or whatever. And uh, they eventually got him to say that, but he had a vested interest in that. And you can see in a lot of his lawyers, I mean, a lot of his interviews that Harold Weisberg did and, uh, we rely a lot on, on uh, Weisberg's great work, Oswald, New Orleans. He was one of probably Garrison's first investigator. But, you know, he talked to all these people, and uh, Andrews knew what was going on. And in private, he would say that. But uh, he's an important figure because uh, he really got uh, um, Jim Garrison's attention on, you know, what became the only time, the only prosecution in the John F. Kennedy assassination that ever took place was Clay Shaw. I would go a lot into, into Clay Shaw's background as well. And Clay Shaw, I don't think, and Dean, Dean the third, tell, you know, says in no uncertain terms in the book that, yes, that, Dean, that Clay Shaw was, was Bertrand. So there's no question about it, but if you look at Shaw's background, I think Shaw was probably the connector, the conduit between uh, the ground level plot in New Orleans and the real conspirators. I think he's, because you look at his background, and this guy had connections going back to Operation Paperclip in World War II. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, William, why do you, um, or first of all, did uh, Dean Andrews uh, ever have contact with uh, Clay Bertrand slash Clay Shaw? Did he ever meet him face to face? Well, according to um, Dean Andrews III, uh, I think we've solved the mystery about Clay Bertrand being um, Clay Shaw. Um, I, I don't remember. Did we, did we find out whether or not he was, he ever met him? I don't think he ever did. No, Dean the third, I don't think he ever did, but, but he, he, you know, he basically says, of course he was the same person, but Dean, Dean Jr., you know, he gave, you know, wildly, you know, varying descriptions of him. And Clay Shaw was a tall man. And at one point he described him as being short. And, uh, so again, I think he was just playing games, but, there's, I mean, there's no question. And, and uh, Clay Shaw, and there's a famous scene in JFK where he, uh, Officer um, Habengorst, I think his name was, uh, when he was uh, being booked, 
he uh, gave, he asked him if he had any aliases, and he said Clay Bertrand. So they put that down on a sheet, and there's this famous scene in the movie where uh, the judge won't allow that in. And, and Kevin Costner saying, what are you talking about? That's, you know, that's my case. And he said, well, Jimbo, you should have a stronger case or something like that. And uh, so there's no question that it was Clay Burton, especially in the French Quarter and everything. It was, he was known because he led that lifestyle. And Garrison, to his credit, when they raided uh, his, uh, his very impressive home uh, on Dauphine Street, uh, they, they found a lot of, you know, really S&M-type gay stuff and a lot of sexual things in there. And he purposely kept that out of the newspapers. A lot of people claimed he was trying to be sensationalistic, but he, he actually downplayed that. And, uh, but I, I don't think there's any question that, that uh, Shaw was Bertrand, but uh, whether, to what degree, you know, Dean would say in private that, you know, he had conversations, Bertrand would just send him clients. And again, that plays into my personal theory that Dean was being used as well. Because Bertrand, again, was probably the connection between the conspirators, and so he was between them and the ground-level plot and the real conspirators, and he was probably sending them these Cubans. He said, I deal with a lot of gay caballeros and, you know, his colorful language, and Oswald. Now, whether Oswald really needed, was really seeking help with the dishonorable discharge or his uh, wife's immigration status, I don't know. That could, I, I personally think it's probably part of whatever he was assigned to do. William, why do you suppose <clears throat> Dean Andrews uh, is by and large, overlooked. Uh, and you, as you say, this this ground-level plot in New Orleans, do you think it gets enough attention? I think a lot of people think that, that uh, Dean Andrews, for whatever reason, uh, spun stories. There, there's a lot of people that don't like Garrison. They feel that he was uh, using this, the Kennedy assassination, to for his own career that uh, I don't take that view at all I think Garrison was a was an honorable man and uh, it, it I named uh, one of my sons his middle name is Garrison that's the respect I have for him uh, you know they like to portray Dean Andrews as this jive talking lawyer and and he was that to a certain extent, but that was kind of like his persona in in given situations. Um, they ignore him because people don't want to believe it. You know, they they don't want to give Garrison the credit that he's due, and they try to make Andrews part of that. Well, he was just one of these crazy New Orleans guys. I think that's why. And uh, did Garris, or Garrison and um, Dean Andrews, did they go to law school together? They did. That's how they met. Yeah, they knew each other from a long ways back. Uh, they had, and, they had yeah. a, a friendship. Um, that's not, uh, th that's what, you know, we learned a lot about that from uh, Dean Andrews in the interviews I did with him, Dean Andrews Jr. Uh, and I'm really proud of that because... Uh, in this book, it's the first time that Dean Andrews Jr. has come forward and was willing to talk about what he knew. You know, when I first learned that um, that Don uh, knew Dean Andrews III, I couldn't believe it. It was like, well, what are you doing about that? Well, he's a he's a family friend, and I said, well, I I think that this ought to be explored more. 
And so we did that. I mean, sometimes you get so close to somebody that you don't see the significance of it. They become not this person that is part of this, you know, historical event, but they become your friend. And so you can lose sight of how important that could be. And I don't know that Don did that, but I just think he was so comfortable with having Dean around that he didn't really think too much about, oh, well, here's this person that can give us this information. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.